I'm back. Rude Gents for our Black and White Network. Well, this was borderline between The Matrix and Roadshow and Black and White Network, but we've made a lot of Bill Maher videos over here. I've been vocal about the fact that I like Bill Maher. I've been watching him for 30 years. Our politics do not align. Well, except he has been attacking wokeness for as long as I can remember wokeness being a thing. And then it just so happens about the last... 18 months, he has noticed that his Democratic Party has went off the rails. I mean, at times, he'll literally come out and say, y'all are a bunch of assholes. You know, you're you're concerned about things that are losing you votes. You know, no, he's railed against CRT. He's railed against the pandemic, big time. He's actually come out and just flat said he thought that Ron DeSantis would make a good president. Um, and look, I don't know what the full motivation is there. I don't care. I think he's funny, and I don't need an echo chamber. I know where my politics line. I know where his do, do for the most part. And they don't match up, just like my politics and Dave Chappelle. They don't match up, okay? But, but Dave Chappelle makes me laugh my ass off. And Bill Maher, I can watch one of, you know, I can watch... Uh, you know, new rule or whatever, a monologue, and I'm like, oh, I don't agree with that. But it was funny. It is what it is. Well, it seems that his politics and the fact that he is not just bending over for whatever the Democrats want these days and the fact that he has been outspoken against both sides right on, but the fact that he has been doing that, and I've been saying, look, Bill Maher trends every... Uh, oh, here we go with the pop-ups from OutKick again. Uh, Bill Maher trends every Saturday morning uh, because the wokes on Twitter are destroying him. And they're calling him a white supremacist. Oh, here we go with the old white man. Why is he still on? Well, let's see. His ratings are still very damn good and better than the two ass clowns that we're going to be talking about here. Uh, let's check this out. Bill Maher on why John Oliver and Trevor Noah have more awards than him. I tell the truth. Bill Maher doubles the viewership averages of John Oliver and Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah is leaving The Daily Show or whatever that's called. Uh, good riddance. Maher's segments create fodder for discourse. I like that too. Oliver and Noah's segments do not. Maher has the attention of both sides of the political aisle. Only one side bothers to pay attention to Oliver and Noah. That's a fact. Yet award shows say Oliver and Noah are the superior political uh, uh, satirist. Bill Maher has been nominated for a total of 41 Emmy Awards. He's won zero. War and Oliver have beaten Maher head-to-head multiple times, especially Oliver a 17-time Emmy Award winner. If that doesn't show you all you need to know about award shows being a complete joke, it's that. It's that. Last week, News Nation host Chris Cuomo, man, that sounds weird out loud, asked Mar about Hollywood putting Noah and Oliver on a pedestal above him. Quote, looking at just sheer metrics of ratings, okay? You crush John Oliver regularly. Trevor Noah's, you crush his numbers. You do not win the way they do for Emmys. Why do you think you don't get the shine they do? Cuomo expected Marr to give a humble, deflective answer. I could have told him he wouldn't do that. He didn't. Ironically, Marr provided a truthful answer. Quote, because I tell the truth. And even I can argue that point. But at in, in least in his perspective, I understand he thinks he's telling the truth. Uh, I do. Whereas I think people like Joey Reed and some of these others, they blatantly know their line. And I think there's a lot of grift there, too. Quote, I don't perform for just one half of the country. And I say things that will make them applaud. Perhaps HBO won't seat Mar next to Oliver at the next company event. Mar and Oliver and Noah are all left-leaning. However, Mar does not let his bias 
blind him from seeing the wonkiness tendencies on the other side. Democrats and progressives cause causes are mostly off limits for Oliver and Noah. They both cater to the perpetually outraged. That's right. They appreciate group, group think and shun those who oppose it. By contrast, Marr scorns the left's intolerance of differing beliefs. He scoffs at the, quote, one true opinion, the idea that the ruling class should discount contradictory views. Marr has railed against censorship, vaccine mandates, and what, quote, wokeness promotes. Unlike Oliver and Noah, he does not support indoctrinating children. It makes Bill Maher furious with radical, often racist curriculum. And there's there's a New York Post uh, article right there. I probably did a video on that. Rails against critical race theory. He also, by the way, destroyed the NFL over their social justice in the Black National Anthem. I mean, destroyed them last year. That's one of the biggest videos the sports channel ever got. Bill Maher says he hasn't changed. The Democrats have changed. That's a fact. When what you're doing sounds like an onion headline, stop. I remember him saying that. Let me read it again. When what you're doing sounds like an onion headline, stop. He advised modern-day leftists. Oliver and Noah pivoted along with the party. They are among the cool kids in Hollywood. They are media darlings who go along to get along. Meanwhile, Mar is a menace. He irks the corporate gatekeepers. Just when the left thinks he has their backs on topics, like Roe versus Wade, he then debunks their hysteria. Yeah, he come out and said he was very vocal about the outrage over abortion. And Bill Maher came out and said uh, abortion should be a tough decision. It should not be easy to just go and get an abortion. That there's a lot of things to consider there. He also talked about the fact that, you know, saying abortion is outlawed is actually not accurate. Okay, it's part of whatever state you live in and the citizens that live there as to how it's being governed. That's how it's supposed to always be, by the way. Quote, modern countries of Europe are way more restrictive than we are. If you are pro-choice, you would like it a lot less in Germany, Italy, France, and Spain, and Switzerland. Mars said in a rebuttal of media coverages of abortion laws. John Oliver, Trevor Noah are stale, useful, and devoted to liberalism. Actually, let me, let me, I'm going to dispute that Bobby Barack a little bit. John Oliver and Trevor Noah are still useful and devoted to radical progressive leftists. Okay, Bill Maher's a classic liberal. Okay, plain and simple. Look, I'm a conservative. It is what it is. But Bill Maher is a classic liberal. He's always been in the same spot. He's never actually moved. The left moved on him. Bill Maher is unpredictable, dismissive of talking points, and concerned with the truth. You know, he asked, um, um, oh, hell, the New Jersey governor, uh, the big guy. I can't remember that dude's name right now. The one that always feuded with Trump the other day about voting. And uh, Chris Christie. And Chris Christie admitted he voted for Trump both times. Bill Maher didn't jump down his throat on that. He didn't. I mean, he, he, he absolutely didn't. He had uh, Trace Atkins on a couple of weeks ago, a known Trump supporter. He says it's one of his best friends. Now, who saw that? Who saw that coming? And Bill Maher, it's my understanding, is fixing to end, end up back on Fox News. Uh, he used to go on there regularly to uh, talk back and forth with Bill O'Reilly. Uh, he, he's very critical of Democrats for not going on, on Fox Fox News and uh, Newsmax and conservative outlets. Marr humiliates the leftist subject matters and reaches more votes than Oliver and Noah combined. That's a fact. Award givers do not appreciate him doing so. Quote, the truth has always been my bond with the audience, Marr told Cuomo, which is much more important to me than an award. 
is that I will call it as I see it. And his his podcast, Club Random, is is really good. It's good. I mean, he's he's baked out of his mind on marijuana, and that's fine. I noticed he got a little hate on my marijuana video. I've got no issues with it itself. I mean, it, it in itself. I was just letting you know there was byproducts to Biden doing what he was doing because so many people had pleaded down to that charge when they originally got such a, a, a much more severe, committed a more severe crime. That's just where they ended up in the in the bargaining process. So we're getting some bad guys out. So a lot like Joe Rogan, because that's they're really similar. Bill Maher and Joe Rogan in, in where their politics align. Okay, I saw this and was like, oh, I'm doing this video because a lot like we see, and he, Mars vocal about the fact that now he does shows, there's people in the audience wearing Trump hats now, okay, and laughing, and he's going to rail on them and, and all that stuff, and conservatives and right-leaners are going to do what we do best. We don't get offended. We don't, okay? We're not a bunch of crybabies. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's not going along with the latest, quote-unquote, thing. He's not. Bill Maher's not. And Hollywood, obviously, and this is pretty knowing. We know this. Hollywood hates people like Bill Maher because they think they should be able to put Bill Maher in their pocket. And, and they control the content that Bill Maher puts out. And Bill Marsh pushed back against that. And in true Hollywood award fashion, Hollywood doesn't appreciate that very much, do they? Anyway, tell me what you think, black and white network supporters. I know a lot of you guys don't like Bill Maher. That's fine. I'm good with that. I've got no issues. This is a free country, in fact, it seems. And, and Mar, look, Maher notably, and I always acknowledge this, he's got a blind spot for Trump. He does. He can't stand Trump. He likes DeSantis, not Trump. Okay, I don't love that, but it is what it is. I, I mean, I'm not going to just lose my mind over it. Uh, not when he's still reaching that many people, and there's that many things that I do agree with him on that he's destroying the left on. I think that is valuable. And I think when you get to voting, you will see that. I do. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Make sure you use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word will get you 25% off. Go get them right now. You're tuning into. Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our Black and White Sports. Well, we got an update on Brittany Griner. And believe it or not, it's not bad news. I don't know. It seems the person that once protested the national anthem on behalf of Black Lives Matter, well, there's a chance that she might actually make it home According to a gentleman that has negotiated releases in the past with Russia, and he has actually been in Russia talking to them about this situation with Brittany Griner and, of course, ex-Marine Paul Whelan. It looks like there's a chance she could be released by year's end. This is the hill. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Bill Richardson, he also used to be the governor of New Mexico, and he worked for Clinton, if that tells you anything, said he was, quote, cautiously optimistic about securing the release of Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan from Russia after visiting the country. Quote, do you think you can get Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan out by the end of the year? asked CNN State of the Union co-anchor Jake Tapper. Quote, I do think so. Now, I hate making predictions, but yes. The Biden administration has been working to secure the release of Griner, an NBA, WNBA all-star who plays for the Mercury, and U.S. Marine Paul Whelan, both of whom the administration believes 
are wrongfully detained amid escalating U.S.-Russia tensions over the war in Ukraine. Richardson said he visited Russia twice on behalf of the families, stressing he does not work for the U.S. government after the White House gave Richardson the cold shoulder on his efforts. Wow. I think that little misunderstanding has been cleared up, Richardson said on CNN, but I think there are a lot of nervous Nellies in the government and that they could know it all. And that's not the case. Look at my track record over the last 30 years. So I'm going to continue these efforts. He's kind of over there as a independent liaison that's not working for, he's, he's not working for the Biden administration on this at all, uh, which probably is a good thing for Brittany Griner, if you want to know the truth. Now, I'm going to point something out here in a minute because this is odd that he's doing this. Richardson added that he found Russian officials during his visits were, quote, ready to talk. Quote, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it's going to be a two for two, Richardson told Tapper. Russian authorities detained Griner, who also won two Olympic gold medals in February after she traveled there to compete days before Russia invaded the Ukraine. Griner was later sentenced, as we know, to nine years for cannabis oil and vape cartridges. Whelan, who faces 16 years, has been held in Russia since 2018 on spy charges that he vehemently denies, and I don't think anybody believes he was actually doing any spying over there. So, now, here's the thing. Russia's been very clear. All the communication that has come out of Russia has been that nobody should be talking about this in the U.S., okay? In other words... If, if Richardson's engaged in these negotiations, why are you going on CNN and talking about this? That is very confusing because Russia has been very outspoken about the fact that they want things like these negotiations to remain in private if they are going to move forward and be successful. Okay, so that that is one of the biggest, strangest parts about him and look, Bill Richardson's also trying to make a name for himself. We've talked about all these politicians, and that's including ones on the on both sides of the aisle, that have tried to virtue signal on behalf of Brittany Griner, help build their brand, and, and grift a little bit off of this, uh, especially Democrats like Sheila Jackson Lee, uh, or Sheila Lee Jackson, whatever her name is. Who knows? Who cares? Uh you get the point. I can't remember her name exactly, but she's here in Texas. Um, but yeah, she got heavily involved in all this crap. Uh, a few months ago, I did a video on that. Uh, but here we are. Now, he's saying a two-for-two two swap. Who's the second one? I mean, besides Victor Bout, the merchant of death, who's the other Russian scumbag to be named later that we've talked about in previous videos who is this person? Is it the one that they have overseas that is actually convicted of murder? Or is it the hacker? There's a hacker out there that uh, supposedly Russia would be interesting in getting back as part of that exchange. Do you notice he said 242? Wow. Okay. Uh, tell me what you think, black and white sports supporters. Brittany Griner, I guess there is some hope, it seems. Who knows? Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, guys, I got to admit, I almost forgot that Deshaun Watson was still in the NFL. As you guys know, Deshaun Watson is suspended for the first 11 games of the season uh, with five games in. And I completely forgot about this guy. He pretty much disappeared off the off the map, even though he was the primary story this NFL offseason. However, guys, Deshaun Watson, guess what, folks? He is back in the Browns facilities now. Yes, this man actually has some privileges with the team, even though he's suspended 
before the Nets would um, six games. Yeah, he is back. Why? Because the NFL caved to Deshaun Watson. Now, newsflash, folks. Deshaun Watson had over, what, 20 plus women accuse him of some heinous acts when he was with the Houston Texans. And the NFL investigated and Judge Sue L. Robinson, who was actually appointed by the NFL to hear the case. She admitted in in the material that was actually released for a six game suspension. She said he committed sexual assault. She said it. Now, of course, it's not a criminal court, but she put it in there. And he got six games. And then on appeal, the NFL wanted him gone for the whole season. Roger Goodell came out there and he said, yeah, this does deserve a full year. But at the end of the day, it was 11 games because the NFL cave to Deshaun Watson and the NFL PA. And it didn't even go to the appeal officer appointed by Roger Goodell. That appeals officer said, you guys work it out. So 11 games. But however, guys, he is back with the um, the Browns right now in a limited capacity, even though he's still suspended. Over here on OutKick, Deshaun Watson returns to Browns for first time since suspension. Here's what he's allowed to do. It says here, Deshaun Watson is back with the Cleveland Browns. The QB is permitted to return to the team facility on Monday for the first time since his 11-game suspension from the lead took effect on August 30th. Now, guys, I can't remember any time when an NFL player was suspended from a team, suspended by the league, and he actually gets to enter the facility and actually still has some privileges. I have never seen this. Brown was not allowed to have any contact with Brown's coaching staff, receive a game game plan or playbook or step foot into the team facility. Those protocols were changed and took effect on Monday, but only after a settlement was reached uh, between Watson and the NFL Players Association. Actually, guys, it's actually um, the NFL. Now, this is um, what Ian Rappaport put out here. It says, um, Watson uh, previously had not been allowed to have any contact with coaches, set foot in the building, or receive a, a game plan or playbook per the terms of the settlement reached between the league and the NFLPA following an appeal of Watson's initial six-game suspension for violating the league's personal conduct policy. In issuing Watson's six-game punishment in August, disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson wrote that, quote, by a preponderance of the evidence, Watson alleged by more than 20 women to have committed sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions, engaged in, quote, sexual assault. That is directly from Judge Sue L. Robinson. But man, the NFL caved. They let this man back in the building after five games. And he gets privileges here. This is just Unbelievable. Um, it says Watson is still barred from attending uh, group workouts, practices or games, but is certainly able to participate with his team at a much higher level. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, uh, Watson is permitted to participate in onsite rehab, rehab with medical staff, meet with non-football staff, attend meetings and meet individually with head coach on Kevin um, Stefanski, offensive coordinator. Alex Van Pelt and quarterbacks coach Drew uh, Pertzing. He can also participate in individual workouts with the team's strength coach and eat meals in the cafeteria. Unbelievable. However, he still can uh, practice with the team until November the 14th. And um, he's eligible to be reinstated two weeks later on November the 28th to get ready to actually play against his former team, the Houston Texans. Man, Deshaun Watson keeps winning. I mean, the NFL got worked by him. I mean, I've never seen this before, folks. 
so he can actually meet with coaches, go to the facility, work out there. He can pretty much do everything except practice with the team. This is just unbelievable, guys. Unbelievable that this man has this much privilege after after being accused of such heinous acts. And NFL, your own your own judge that you hired said that this man did this. But you guys caved. Not once, but twice. I was not expecting to read this morning that Deshaun Watson is allowed to return to the Browns. I'm just stunned by that. I'm absolutely stunned by that, folks. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, were you guys expecting Deshaun Watson to return to the Browns facility, meet with coaches, eat there, get medical treatment? Before this guy, man, if you were suspended, you were banned completely from being associated with the team whatsoever until your suspension was over. But Deshaun Watson, he has privilege. He just does. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for our Black and White Sports 2. Well, we got breaking news in here. And David Tepper just finally decided he's had enough. The second most wealthiest owner in the league. Uh, he was first until the Waltons bought out the Broncos. He pulled the trigger. He's seen enough. I'm a 49ers fan, so I watched that game yesterday, and wow, the Panthers look terrible. They truly do. I thought, I truly thought the Baker Mayfield thing might have some promise. It's been a dumpster fire, an absolute dumpster fire. Let's get to this. Panthers part ways with head coach Matt Rule. This is Panthers.com. The Panthers on Monday parted ways with head coach Matt Rule after the team fell to 1-4 and four with a home loss to San Francisco. He leaves with an 11-27 and 27 record. The 47-year-old Rule has generally turned his college teams at Temple and Baylor around in his third season, but that bounce hasn't happened here so far. He was replaced on an interim basis by defensive pass game coordinator, and secondaries coach Steve Wilkes, the 53-year-old, spent one year as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. That was a disaster. And six years on the Panthers staff from 2012 to 2017. And in case you're wondering about Matt Rule, he went 47-43 and 43 in college. Look, he, he had two 10-win seasons with Temple, which is pretty remarkable, actually. He lost both of them bowl games. And he went 11 and 3 as Baylor's coach, 7 and 6 prior. Um, I got to be real here. I don't know what the infatuation was with him to begin with. The New York Giants and the Panthers were in a bidding war for this dude uh, prior to him getting hired. Sometimes some of these college guys, you just become infatuated. Now, Florio did put out an article about uh, Tepper not waiting to put to pull the make the move. Plenty of successful business people can't figure out how to run a successful football team. Some business principles, however, translate very well to football. Case in point, when you know that you're going to move on from a key employee, there's no reason to delay the inevitable. That's a fact. That's what Panthers David Tepper has done. He decided to, that Coach Matt Rule would eventually be fired, so Tepper did it now. Beyond the obvious fact that there's no reason to wait, the move puts Rule immediately in play for one of the various head coaching jobs available at the college level. He will get hired in college at record speed. He absolutely will. With the Panthers getting a dollar-for-dollar credit against Rule's buyout on what makes he makes elsewhere, 
It's in Tepper's financial interest to put Rule in position to land Rush for his services. There likely will be one. He's excellent at the college level. At the NFL level, not so much. And um, like I said, it was a dumpster fire yesterday. I mean, Baker went 20 for 36 for 215 and an INT. Yikes. His completion percentage is not good. Surprisingly, the XFL project, uh, product, uh, project product, who was probably going to be the XFL MVP for the Houston Roughnecks, P.J. Walker came in and went five for six. Yikes. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad against that Niners. Uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty good against that Niners uh, defense, but what I'm saying is that's pretty, a pretty bad look for Baker Mayfield uh, to have the guy that backs you up come in and immediately go five for six throwing the ball. I mean, yikes. I mean, Baker made so many mistakes yesterday. Look, Steve Wilkes obviously is not the long-term answer. He was terrible in Arizona. Um, right off the bat, I can tell you probably Nebraska would be a place that I would keep an eye on for rule. Um, but coaching matters. It absolutely matters. If you don't believe me, you know, just look at what the Giants are doing now that they got Brian Dayball in there. That looks like a real football team right now. Now, I don't know what, how they're going to end up, what they're going to end up, but they're, what, 4-1 and one now? 3-1 and one or 4-1, and one, and they, they beat the Packers yesterday. I mean, coaching absolutely matters, especially in the NFL. And um, this was not working out and has not worked out. And it makes you wonder why in the world these NFL teams, these NFL owners – become so infatuated with some of these college coaches. Shao Kahn and Urban Meyer. I get it. I mean, Urban was he's all-time great in college. In fact, I think he's going to he should end up with the Sooners at some point, you know, but you get my point. It's it's just not it it's always kind of like Kirk Ferentz. There's an infatuation the NFL has been trying to hire Kurt Ferentz away from college for years. Now, I know he's got some NFL ties, but I would sit back to myself and I'd be like, look, I've, I've never seen anything spectacular out of him. Defense is good. Running game's always good. But the offense is always stuck in quicksand up there. I don't know. I mean, this was a supercharger offense in college. That's where it should have stayed. Tell me what you think, Black and White Sports 2 supporters. Peace them out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrians, for our black and white sports, we're going to talk about Tua Tonga-Vailoa. As we know, last night, we saw Tua suffer one of the worst, what looked to be head or neck injuries I can remember on the field since I'm old enough to remember Mike Utley literally being paralyzed on, on the field. Uh, Detroit, I think it was 1991. I was watching it live. I was a kid. Um, that's the worst thing I've seen since, uh, with the, the, the fingers, uh, stuck in the air. I know a lot of people were like, well, why are they showing it? Well, you know, it is part of the game. It's compelling. Um, it, it, it certainly made an impact on the broadcast. There's no doubt about that. And, um, everybody this morning and even last night, but everybody this morning is really up in arms and they're up in arms because, there was a feeling going into that game, a very loud feeling, that the Dolphins should not have been playing Tua because of what happened on Sunday. And people have been baffled by the fact that supposedly the NFL did an investigation of the Dolphins of what happened Sunday, saying he did not have a concussion and did not have a head injury. Um, and you might be like, what happened Sunday? Okay, well, here's, here's what happened Sunday right here. Let's take a look at this. I'm going to mute this so they don't nail me. Now watch him. 
Whoop. Oh, oh, look at him. Look at him. I mean, he got nailed, okay? I, I mean, there's just no way. There's no way. So, so he came out, and the Dolphins uh, checked this out for a, uh, and this is Emmanuel Acho that, that tweeted that out. Um, so the Dolphins investigated that, right? And they came back and said, well, he's got a back injury. And everybody's like, wait, what? A back injury? So the NFL investigated it, all right? That, there was enough suspicion around that for the NFL to look into that, okay? And the NFL come back and said, no, I think he's, I think he had, um, I think he had a, a, a back injury. Okay. Well, flash forward to last night and this is what you got after the hit. I mean, look at his hands, right? I mean, it's a terrible situation and it's got a lot of people wondering what the F, I mean, why was the kid on the field? I mean, look at that. That's that. That happens when there's something neurological, I mean, some kind of neurological situation, it causes the hands to do that, and there were a lot, a lot of speculations. Teddy Bridgewater said it shook the hell out of him, because ironically enough, he had a carted off concussion last year, Teddy did, against the Bengals. I mean, and then he had to come in last night, and he said... You know, I was I was shook by it coming in. Now, let's get to the uh, let's get to the PA because Demora Smith they're coming at they're going to come after the Dolphins on this. I can tell you right now, and I can't look normally. Normally, I don't really pick a side here, but as somebody that's followed Alabama football, knows a guy that's pretty pretty tight up up there. And fo- having followed Tua and Mac for so long, um, I really hope they look into this for the for the to the fullest extent that they can pursue this, um, because I I just will never believe he didn't have a concussion on Sunday. I just won't believe that. Uh, Demora Smith vows to pursue every legal option regarding the handling of Tua Tagovailoa on Sunday. The biggest concern emerging from Thursday night's game between the Dolphins and the Bengals is whether Miami quarterback Tua Tagovailoa should have been playing. Look, he was limited going into the game. I mean, they there was a real feeling he might not play. As explained by Michael Smith on the Amazon Post show, NFL Players Association executive Demora Smith texted to Andrew Whitworth, a former NFL player rep, and Richard Sherman, a member of the NFL PA Executive Committee. By the way, they were both right there because they're part of Amazon's um, pre- and post-game shows. The following message, quote, we insisted on these rules to avoid exactly this scenario. We will pursue every legal option, including making referrals against doctors to licensing agencies and the team that is obligated to keep our players safe. Here's the issue. As I explained it on both fun, uh, f- Football Night in America and throughout the week on PFT Live and in this outlet, if a player shows, quote, gross motor instability, he may continue only if the team physician and a unaffiliated, unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant conclude that the instability was not neurologically caused. I posed to the league twice on Sunday a very simple question. How did the team physician and the UNC conclude that gross motor instability exhibited by Tua was not neurological? So Florio, see, Florio's been after this all week because he, he has believed that there's something that had had happened and, and maybe Tua shouldn't have came back in the game. Did they take Tua's word for it that it was a back injury? Did they carefully study the know-it-when-you-see-it video that the wobbling and the wooziness was not the result of a head injury? Question mark. Did they do something else? Those questions have yet to be answered. Presumably, they'll be answered as part of an investigation initiated by the NFLPA. They need to be. It doesn't matter if two was cleared, cleared every possible cognitive test they administered. They still were required in caps by rule 
to determine that the gross motor instability did not have a neurological cause. Absent that conclusion, he wouldn't have returned to the game. He quite possibly wouldn't have played tonight. Even if, as it appears, Tua will be fine, that doesn't diminish the concern. The goal is to prevent a player who had one head injury from having another. The consequences can be devastating for a player. They can, frankly, be fatal. It's important for anyone who enjoys and or profits from the game to care about the health and safety of all players and to be vigilant in ensuring that the rules aimed at protecting the players are honored, even if it means that the player won't be available to return to a big game or play in another big game four days later. Those are the stakes to manage to avoid a serious outcome Unless this potential flaw in the protocol is rectified, the next player may not be so fortunate. Or the next one, or the next one. So, that tells you right there. So, I guess to, uh, I know he traveled back. Okay, he traveled back to um, to Miami from, from Cincinnati. Uh, they're saying he's going to be okay, it looks like. Uh, I guess he might be available. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a basically a 9 or 10 day bef- turnaround before the next game since they played on Thursday night. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he'll, if he'll play the next game, but it's clear, uh, DeMora Smith. And that's a, you know, that's an entity. I don't really have anything productive to say about on a positive note, but I do think they should look into what exactly happened because what Florio is saying here is by the standard of the rule, the fact that he was wobbling and woozing and all this stuff this prior Sunday makes it where the actual medical staff and the people involved, they have to prove this was not a head injury, essentially. You have to prove it before he can go back in and play. And because regardless of all the, hey, we gave him all the cognitive tests, he passed. Well, that's great, but what caused all this that we saw, right? And the suspicion the whole time was the back did not do that. It was the head. And then you had what happened last night. And that was what I was thinking as it was happening. I was like, wow, the NFLPA put these rules in place to specifically avoid exactly what happened on national television last night. To stop that exact situation. And it still didn't stop it. And the only I think I think the more Smith's point is the only way that rule doesn't work is if there's a breakdown with people administering the rule is probably what he's thinking, right? Uh, so, man, it's crazy. It's crazy that you know he left the hospital last night. He left the hospital, I believe, before the game was over, and then it looks like he's going to be playing because initially, I mean, me and John was talking when this injury happened. And um, we were both like, John was like, oh, crap, man. He's he's going to be gone a while. And I was like, I think he's gone the rest of the season. You know, I, I was like, I just don't think they can let him play. Uh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And, and I mean, it, it looked like it could have been a lot worse than it ended up being. So we're glad. I'm glad for Tua. You know, him and Tua, uh, Tua, Jalen Hurts, Mac, they're all in the league. I, like I said, I follow Alabama football real close. So, wow. Unbelievable. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for our black and white sports. Well, we have chronicled this kind of thing for a very long time on this channel. Um, it seems that kneeling is back in pro sports. Uh, I don't know. Did it not go away in certain sports? I don't know. But the very, very p- insanely popular... Premier League is back, and they are back taking a knee. That's right. Uh, Here we go, because taking a knee has ended what very little racism there is left, right? No, of course it hasn't. Kneeling millionaires are back. 
Premier League brings back taking the knee for anti-racist campaign. There they are right there. England's Premier League has brought back the Black Lives Matter-inspired virtue signal of taking the knee before matches this month to mark Black History Month? What? (laughs) Though the Black Lives Matter has been widely discredited, of course, they're a bunch of Marxists, with the leaders of the far-left Marxist movement being accused of using vast sums of money raised to enrich themselves and pay for strippers, it seems, according to Candace Owens' new documentary. The Premier League has decided to once again perform the BLM-inspired pose prior to games between the 8th and 16th of October. The top tier of the English football system has previously scrapped the performative gesture, which became featured before every match following the death of George Floyd in America in 2020. In August, a player-led decision was made to only take the knee during significant moments on the belief that, quote, less is more. We have tuned this kind of thing out for a long time. I'm saying that. Therefore, marking Black History Month, which is held in October in the U.K., the Premier League launched, quote, No Room for Racism campaign, in which players will once again... Get down on one knee before kickoff. Wow. Premier League Chief Executive Richard Masters said, quote, fighting racism and all forms of discrimination is always top priority for the Premier League and our clubs. We urge everybody to play their part and uh, demonstrate that racial, racial prejudice is not acceptable in football or wider society. By the way, these guys have been booed off the field over this crap. Quote, we support the decision made by the players to take a knee at specific moments during the season, and we will use these matches to further promote anti-discrimination and educate the fans. Now, what fans are you trying to reach again, exactly? Because the ones that don't want politics in their sports are definitely not listening to you right now. Quote, we continue to work hard to address discrimination and improve opportunities within the game in line with our No Room for Racism action plan. Oh, God, y'all actually sat in a boardroom somewhere and came up with this nonsense. Quote, we know more that more can be done to remove the barriers to make football more inclusive and that football will benefit from greater diversity across all areas of the sport. In addition to players taking a knee, All Premier League matches over the next two weekends will feature no room for racism messaging. Man, they must have Roger Goodell on speed dial. The league said the players will also be taking a knee at further no room for racism match days on the final day of the Premier League season and at the FA Cup and EFL Cup finals. Now, it should be noted, guys, we don't normally cover this on this channel, but uh, this certainly uh, stretches beyond the actual game itself. They also said that they would not be taking the knee at, quote, Boxing Day fixtures after the FIBA World Cup Qatar 2022, though not during the cup itself, which is ironic given the actual modern-day slave labor in, in building the grand stadiums for the World Cup to be held in. That's the other thing. The hypocrisy of this kind of crap is astounding in the same way it was in the uh, NBA and with LeBron James. We're going to take a knee against discrimination and racism. Man, we're going to let China build them shoes, aren't we? We're going to take that Chinese contract TV money. I mean, it's all a bunch of bullshit. Ridiculing the return of the BLM pose, the star of Breitbart's My Son Hunter, Lawrence Fox said... Quote, the kneeling millionaires are back. (laughs) This is in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Knee taking to communism by ball chasers. I don't know how much. 100? Is that 100 pounds a week? I don't know. What's not to love? Fox joked. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. The guy that played Hunter Biden slams these woke assholes, these millionaires, who are out there kneeling against racism, and there's not one of these a-holes that's oppressed in even the slightest. 
It's back. It's back. Oh, everybody celebrate Megan Rapino, Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, everybody, all of you can all of you are welcome to leave the United States, head across the seas to the UK where you can I'm sure they'll honorarily let you out on the field and you guys can also take a knee. Oh, wow. I, it is beyond me why corporations and these sports leagues believe that virtue signaling works, that identity politics works. It doesn't do anything but turn people away. Click. Let me turn in, turn on the Premier League so I can watch a little soccer. Oh, okay. I get to I get to see uh, some political messaging out on the field. Thank goodness. That's what everybody wants when they tune in for a sporting event. Woke millionaires trying to tell the sports fan what to do once again. Total BS. <sighs> wow. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Guys, we said it many times on this channel that politics and sports do not mix. Politics and sports do not mix. That is why I do not watch the NBA anymore. Because when they went into the NBA bubble, they made political statements for Marxism and all about voting for Democrats. Firmly against that. That's just my stance. I believe that was a terrible move by the NBA. And folks, they have truly not recovered. Now, that brings us to Major League Baseball. As you guys know, last year, the MLB All-Star Game was supposed to be in Atlanta. The Atlanta Braves were actually supposed to host the MLB All-Star Game. However, Stacey Abrams, a radical Democrat, decided to get political. And she called Georgia's uh, new voting laws Jim Crow 2.0, that it would actually disenfranchise, you know, black people. Because, you know, Stacey Abrams believes that black people are dumb and stupid just because they have to show an ID to actually vote. And guys, Stacey Abrams is just so ridiculous, folks, that even a judge, an Obama judge, debunked all of that. Well, guys, Stacey Abrams, as you guys know, is running for governor of uh, Georgia again. And folks, it looks worse for her this time than it did in 2018. I mean, there's actually more black people now supporting Brian Kemp than in 2018. Stacey Abrams is still playing the race card no matter what, because Stacey Abrams thinks black people are dumb. Check this out, guys, on OutKick. Stacey Abrams lies about Georgia's Nits All-Star Game in new political ad. It's heating up, folks. These political ads are heating up. When I watch TV, I'm out here in Texas. I always see um, Greg Abbott versus uh, Beto O'Rourke ads out here in uh, Texas. And Beto's going to uh, get the doors blown off him as well. But let's read some of this here. Look at this, guys. It says here Stacey Abrams' ad is full of lies. Abrams suddenly realized the damage that her Jim Crow comparison caused. Now she's flipping the narrative and accusing Kemp of costing Georgia the All-Star game, a complete 180. This is insane, folks. And, um, you know, MLB, the MLB commissioner, Ron Manfred, he removed the All-Star game probably with a whole bunch of influence from people on the left. Took it out of Atlanta and moved it over to Colorado. This is insane. But this is what Stacey Abrams uh, ad says. Um, it says, quote, Brian Kemp's far right politics. Folks, showing an ID is far right politics. Yeah, this is how radical Stacey Abrams is. But anyway, Brian Kemp's far right politics have really cost us. We lost the all-star game over his restrictive voting laws. And it cost Georgia businesses $100 million dollars. Uh, Music uh, Midtown pulled the plug over his dangerous gun laws and cost us another 50 million undercount. Sits hospitals closed, including a major medical center. Now, business leaders say his abortion ban is hurting Georgia companies, 
Stacey Abrams will keep jobs and opportunity here in Georgia so we can all thrive. So since um, we're going to be talking about the sports aspect on this right here, she's blaming Brian Kemp. And I'm not really a Brian Kemp fan. She's blaming him for losing the All-Star game. This is insane, folks, because we know that um, that when Stacey Abrams was actually pushing out there, voter suppression, that was a lot. And we actually uh, covered this um, also in a video, I believe, uh, earlier this year for the primaries in Georgia. It was a record turnout. Nobody was actually being suppressed. And uh, Clay Travis uh, tweets out, while Stacey Abrams is running ads on TV blaming uh, Brian Kemp for MLB pulling the All-Star game uh, from Braves. This is Nets level desperate and also a flat out lie. It was Abrams who falsely labeled the Georgia voting bill as Jim Crow 2.0 that led to MLB MLB's decision to pull the All-Star game. Now, check this out, guys. Abrams platform debated debated that the elections that the Election Integrity Act would restrict minority turnout in elections to, quote, suppress the vote in favor of Republicans. Her message was pure fiction as early voter turnout in 2022 drew in 857,000 ballots, a record high count that was, quote, three times as many as in the state's primary election in 2018. Now, that is absolutely true. That is really, really true, folks. And think of this. More people now are voting in Georgia. And guess what? That's including black people, too. And Stacey Abrams is more down in the polls now than she was in 2018. Even with more black people voting, Stacey Abrams is actually in more trouble now than in 2018. This woman is an idiot, a complete idiot. She is the main reason why. The Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta area lost the All-Star game. She is the reason why. Stacey Abrams, man, is just so despicable, man. She is just so despicable. Wow. Trying to change it and blame Brian Kemp for the All-Star game being removed from Georgia when it was clearly her and left-wing morons. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let's so stick about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Guys, I truly do believe that the BitTech platforms need to get out of the business of politics and medicine. They have no idea what they're actually doing. They don't. They actually are trying to censor people. We've seen that. Of course, as you guys know, President Trump is actually off of Twitter right now because uh, Twitter is run by a bunch of uh, leftists and communists. These people over there are admitted communists. They said themselves, these people don't even really do any work. Uh, this is why Elon Musk actually wants to come in and try to restore free speech back to the platform. But Twitter's a dumpster fire. I'm not on there. You will not find me on Twitter. And guys, we don't know now if uh, the deal is actually going to go through with uh, Elon Musk actually buying Twitter. However, though, this is about um, the Surgeon General of the state of Florida. Because the Surgeon General of the state of Florida, a man that actually practices medicine this man got censored by Twitter. Why? Because of the jab votes. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not giving any type of medical advice on this. I'm not an expert. You do your own research. It's up to you if you want to get the jab. But check this out. Twitter censors Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo's coronavirus vaccine guidance. Now, he has actually been recommending against getting the jab if you are under the age of 40. And the reason for that is, is because, you know, there is science. And when it comes to uh, bit tech is more about narrative than science. If the left says, hey, you can't say that the Twitter is going to fall in line. They just aren't. 
But it says here, Twitter temporarily remove a post from Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo recommending against mRNA coronavirus vaccinations for men under 40. Ladapo, who has frequently criticized the safety and effectiveness of coronavirus vaccines, cited data showing an increase in cardiac conditions for men under 40 who have received mRNA coronavirus shots. Now, a few years ago, when the J&J shot came out, that was actually information about, um, you know, having uh, major side effects with that. And there was recommend- recommendations against getting that particular shot. And guess what, folks? They actually pulled that shot. They did. It may be back. Um, I'm not really sure. But it says here in his post, Ladapo linked to new guidance from his office recommending against the shots for under 40s. He said this here in a tweet, and I'm going to show it to you right here. Um, he actually said, uh, today we released an analysis on COVID-19 mRNA vaccines the public needs to be aware of. This analysis showed an increase in risk of cardiac-related death among men 18 to 39. Florida will not be silent on the truth. Now, actually, that was the post that's actually up now, but this is uh, what he actually put out here that was actually taken away. So let me read that. Um, actually, it says here that uh, studying the safety and efficacy of any medications, including vaccines, is an important component of public health, said the Florida Surgeon General in a statement accompanying the press release. Far less attention has been paid to safety and the concerns of many individuals um, have been dismissed. These are important findings that should be communicated to Fl- Floridians. Uh, Twitter promptly took down the post, alleging it violated its coronavirus misinformation policies only to restore it on Sunday morning. Now, here's the thing. Twitter is not a bunch of people in medicine. They are a social media company. I mean, this guy is an MD. MD and a PhD. He actually studies medicine and I believe he actually um, taught medicine. Also, I believe he was a professor of medicine before he actually became the uh, Surgeon General. So Twitter, they really should not be censoring this when it comes from a medical professional. He is a medical professional. But you know what? Since Twitter doesn't believe in our science, they actually decided to take it down. But they did restore it. And they said this, quote, our current misleading information policies cover synthetic and manipulated media, COVID-19 and civic integrity. Twitter stated after it initially blocked the tweet. If we determine a tweet contains misleading or disputed information per our policies that could lead to harm, we may add a label to the contents content to provide context and additional information. Why would you do that? You guys are not doctors. They're not doctors, folks. This man is a doctor. We don't need any contents. The man actually has a link to um, his findings that he's actually recommended against it. You know, and guys, if you actually go to uh, different doctors, you know. Not all doctors are going to always be on the same page. They're not. One doctor. That's why people actually get second opinions, you know. Your doctor may tell you one thing. You're like, all right, um, let me think about that. I'm going to get a second opinion. You know, and another doctor may say something else. I mean, this is crazy right here. Uh, Brian Griffin, press secretary for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, swiftly condemned Twitter after the post was taken down. Uh, Quote, Twitter censored data posted by the Florida State Surgeon General that showed an increase of increased risk of cardiac related death among males 18 to 39 years old within 28 days following mRNA vaccination, said Griffin. This is an unacceptable and Orwellian uh, move for narrative over fact. Now, this is not a surprise, guys. Twitter needs to go, man. I, I don't see why anybody actually wants to be on Twitter. I mean, I'm not on Twitter. I'm glad I deleted Twitter. I mean, Twitter is probably actually a lot of bots to tell you the truth. It really is. And if Elon Musk does end up 
purchasing Twitter. He has a lot of cleaning up to do, folks. I mean, he's going to have to fire like everybody, everybody. They don't believe in free speech. These people are admitted communists over there. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white network fans, the Florida Surgeon General censored by Twitter for essentially medical misinformation when he is actually a medical professional. This is just unreal. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you next time.